Thank you very much. Thank you to to uh, Michael Willis and to Hamad Saleh for the invitation and, and this uh, very good opportunity to to further the discussions on on these issues, which we have been discussing in our uh, community of academics for now three years, very intensively. And uh, and well, this panel is a continuation of all that. It, it so happens that. Uh, uh, my uh, my presentation is structured in some way as a counter thesis to what uh, Professor Joffe just uh, just mentioned. So that's a good <coughs> way to to further the dialogue be between us. But this one uh, will be immediately on the panel. Uh, it is precisely because. Uh, I do believe that one of the major mistakes in, uh, in uh, uh, perceiving the, uh, the events that started in Tunisia in December 2010 uh, has been encapsulated in the formula spring, which indeed refers to the belief that we are facing a democratic transition, as we, we, we call it in political science, something that will be uh, uh, short in time, relatively limited, and ends with uh, uh, free elections and a constitutional process. That was the general belief, you know, of a region which finally is joining the end of history, which was heralded in the late uh, 80s, if, if you remember well. Hmm? I think this, uh, this view is, uh, has been proved, in my view, by, by the, the, the events to be, uh, to be wrong. Uh, why so? Uh, because uh, what is at stake in the region is much deeper than a democratic transition. That is, it is much deeper than the political level. It is much deeper than a problem of, of changing the, I mean, or, or rejecting a despotic or non-democratic regime and replacing it by uh, or with uh, political freedoms. The root causes of the, the, the Arab regional uprising uh, are, in my view, and that's here, of course, uh, the, the development studies uh, scholar who is speaking, so uh, maybe this is why, or a reason for a different take from someone who's in political science or just international relations, maybe. But uh, uh, I can't help but see in what is happening in the region something that uh, 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 many of the observers of the social economic situation in the region have been expecting for a long time this huge social explosion, not for primarily political reasons. Of course, no one denies that there are political reasons and reasons connected with democracy. But the root, the real root causes of all that are so social and economic. And the problem is that precisely that's a major difference between, for instance, events in Turkey, events in Brazil, when they started, we've been told, ha, is this part of the Arab Spring? I, I said, you can't put on the same level protest occurring in a country which has seen a decade of fast and rapid growth, and actually where you can link the kind of protest as a structural uh, adjustment uh, uh, because of this fast economic growth, to, you can't compare that with events occurring in a region which has been for several decades uh, 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 going through a, a state of what I called fettered development. 
the figures are quite uh, quite clear. The whole region, the whole Arab-speaking region, has had the, the, the lowest rates of uh, of growth of development over several decades. Uh, uh, you can see them in the, the, the GDP and uh, GDP per capita, and even the, the GDP uh, in the absolute. Uh, the lowest rate of growth, even co I mean, compared to to, to similar re regions of uh, of uh, Africa and uh, and Asia, and this has uh, I mean resulted in uh, uh, one of the key results of that has been massive unemployment, and when. The general commentators at the beginning of the Arab uprising uh, tried to understand what was saying, what was happening. They pointed to the youth of the population. They had in mind uh, uh, the fact that this region, uh, 20 years ago, had highest levels of youth, high, highest rates of youth than other regions, even of the global south. But this is no longer true. What is really characteristic of the region is not that it's younger than other regions of uh, like South Asia or Sub-Saharan Africa. It is that it has by far much higher levels of uh, youth unemployment. And this youth unemployment, which uh, was mentioned yesterday, is, is one of the major ingredients of this, uh, this crisis. For several decades, the ILO figures are quite clear. The Arab states hold the world record in youth unemployment. And so such figures, such facts are, in my view, much more important in understanding what is going on than, uh, uh, than the political, uh, political issues. And that's why it was wrong, and remains wrong, of course, to believe that what started was a spring or, a, or just a democratic transition. What started is what I termed as a long-term revolutionary process. And that's going on and will be going on for several years, if not several decades. I've been saying that since 2011. Uh, and won't, I mean, there won't be any new stabilization in this region without a solution being brought to the social economic issue. And we are not seeing the beginning of that. On the contrary, as Professor Joffe actually mentioned, uh, the, the, the social economic crisis is actually deepening, very normally so, uh, because of the sequence of, of events. And this, this whole, I mean, fettered development that I mentioned uh, finds it, its roots in the, nature, in the dominant nature of the states of the region, which are, uh, uh, I mean, which is characterized by, by the, 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 uh, the, the most, uh, 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 the most particular the, the, the concentration on earth of rentier and patrimonial states. This is the highest concentration in one geopolitical spot of, of, uh, of states uh, uh, having these two uh, features and having these two features at a very high level. And it, within such a context, the neoliberal transformations that have been uh, introduced, uh, the neoliberal reforms that have been introduced everywhere at various degrees since the, 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 the 70s, 80s, uh, and onward, uh, have produced these disastrous results. I mean, because uh, uh, any kind of reforms predicated on a driving role that uh, is, uh, I mean, to be played by the private sector under conditions of such uh, states uh, is, uh, is doomed to fail. And it failed. It failed uh, uh, very miserably, as we have seen. And therefore, there is much more than the issue of, uh, of despotism 
of uh, of democracy of democratic transition in the uh, uh, in the region, and and if we start from that actually, and we ask, and we we, we consider Tunisia and Egypt, well, precisely, and we agree on that, they were far from being the most despotic states of the region. Actually, Mubarak's Egypt, compared to, to even Syria or whatever, appears as you know the beacon of uh, of democracy and liberalism, uh, and yet. Uh, it is in these countries that you had, we had the, 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 the explosion. If we, if we think of that, why, why did it start in Tunisia? Why did it move to Egypt first? And why were these two countries in the forefront of the whole process and are still? Well, the reason is not, again, a political. It is in the fact that the two countries have seen a build-up of social struggles, which is very characteristic. The most important build-up of social struggles in the decade preceding uh, the uprising has occurred in Tunisia and in Egypt. Tunisia have gone, we have, this, we have seen that yesterday, through a number of regional uprisings. And ultimately, Sidi Bouzid was one more of this regional uprising, except that this time it boiled over, it spilled over. It, 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 uh, it went to uh, cover the whole region. Egypt has seen the most important wave of worker strikes in its history in the, in the few years preceding the, the, the uprising. Starting from 2004, 2005, we see the most important wave of, of worker strikes, of industrial action of all forms, uh, involving hundreds of thousands of workers over, over, over the years uh, 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 occurring and unfolding uh, in Egypt. So. That's where we, we find that the reason why these two countries, and it's no coincidence, where, I mean, started this whole process, gave the example, and of course the power of the example led to the explosion of long accumulated contradictions, long accumulated social uh, uh, crisis in, in all other uh, countries of the region, if we, expect, uh, if you, if you, if we accept the, 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 the very few extremely artificial statelets with 80% uh, foreigners uh, in, uh, in, in, in the Gulf, in the Gulf, uh, I mean, some of the issues, not all the Gulf countries. You know, don't forget that one of the key uprisings happened in Bahrain. Uh, Oman has seen a very important wave of social struggles. And of course, the Saudi kingdom tried to buy out the population. The, the, the eastern province has been boiling. And, uh, and it, it's just uh, something which is postponed. Uh, uh, more than than solved in uh, in any way. Now another feature of uh, of Egypt and Tunisia, which explains not the explosion, but the scenario, the post-explosion scenario, the one through which you have the the ruler being practically dismissed by the state apparatus, is that among in, in this. Uh, uh, collection of patrimonial states that uh, the region has, uh, some states are not patrimonial in the full sense of the term, are neo-patrimonial, that is this category which is halfway between a legal bureaucratic state institutionalized and the purely patrimonial absolutist state where the rulers own the, the state, the, the state institution, the state apparatus according to the Weberian uh, concept that, that I'm referring to, uh, to here. So uh, uh, in Tunisia and in Egypt, uh, there is a precedence of the institutions over the, the ruler. 
Ben Ali took over the Bourguiba state, but he did not dismantle the Bourguiba state. He, 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 of course, put his own people uh, here and there in power. But there is a continuity of the post-independence state in Egypt, in, the, in Tunisia, which uh, uh, explains the possibility at some point, at the breaking point, when, when uh, Ben Ali uh, became, it was very clear, it was rejected by an overwhelming majority of the population, uh, the state apparatus uh, and the 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 the, the, uh, the 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 bulk of the of the regime in some way got rid of him. Uh, uh, in the same way, uh, in Egypt, uh, there is of course a precedence of of the the, the, the backbone of the, the state since Nasser, which is the army, over uh, the the person of Mubarak as a ruler. Uh, the, the various rulers after Nasser, Sadat, Mubarak, had to 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 build compromises with the army to have to 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 rule with the army. They could, they did not uh, reshape uh, the army, as happened, for instance, in Syria, where Hafez al-Assad profoundly reshaped the army, turned, in, turned the, the, the key armed forces into a Praetorian guard of his regime, and likewise, and even more so, in, uh, in uh, Libya's, uh, I mean, in Gaddafi's Libya. So th this also explains why the army precisely could, uh, you know, uh, through a coup, because that's what happened, practically, in, uh, in Egypt in 2011, not only in the th on the 3rd of July 2012, uh, 2013, but in, uh, on the 11th of February 2011, you already had a coup, even more so a coup of, of than uh, that of last year. You had communique number one, communique number two, and a junta in power, the Supreme Council of the Armed Forces. Can't be more, more coup than this. This is the, the, the most classical shape of military coup that we know. Of course, a coup on the background of uh, of, uh, of generalized uprisings. And some people uh, um, argue that uh, in Tunisia also there were aspects of a coup with, uh, with the, the attitude of the army and the armed forces and uh, the way they uh, seem to have told Ben Ali uh, uh, to leave. Anyway, so this is in the, uh, I mean, th this explanation, I think, is, is, I mean, the explanation of this scenario is, is here uh, in that these two countries were uh, still uh, neo-patrimonial, although, as I tried to argue in uh, my book, uh, neo the neo-patrimonial regimes that are in the region have a tendency to, what I call, a tendency to patrimonialization with, with time. We saw it working because also it was neo-patrimonial in Yemen, in Tunisia, in Egypt, with the beginning of, the, of, of attempts by the regimes to prepare the ground for successors from their own family. And, and this is actually one of the issues that precipitated also the crisis in these countries. So by, by, by many uh, aspects, the two countries uh, were weakest links, if you want, uh, uh, in, the, in the chain of, uh, of, of, Arab, uh, of Arab regimes. That's why you could have these scenarios through which the regime, not the state, and the regime here being taken the very narrow sense of, of uh, the, 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 the person, the, the ruling family, if you want, was, uh, was overthrown. Uh, uh, the, the, this created illusions in other countries. The Libyans didn't have much illusions, they didn't have time to have illusions. The Syrians had illusions for, for several weeks, for several months, Silmiya, Silmiya, peaceful, peaceful, believing, uh, very wrongly, so that uh, the scenario could be repeated in their country, which is, of course, strictly impossible. I said so from the very beginning of the events in the region before it starts in Syria. I'm saying that in a country as Syria, this scenario can't be repeated because of the Praetorian Guard of the regime, which the regime won't uh, 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 hesitate to use 
as we have seen, as we are seeing in the most brutal manner against any attempt to, uh, to overthrow it. Now, the two countries, Egypt and Tunisia, have been through this, uh, uh, through elections, through the constitutional process, and the two countries have seen the, the, uh, a victory coming to power of, uh, of uh, Islamic uh, uh, forces, Islamic movements, uh, in, in the first stage. Uh, which is a result of, of, of uh, the, again, also a build-up, historical build-up since the 70s, when all the Arab regimes, without any exception, let loose Islamic fundamentalist forces as an antidote to uh, uh, left nationalism and, and uh, the left radicalization that was still there in the 70s. Every single Arab regime, including Algeria, uh, uh, have uh, used the Islamic movement at some point in the universities uh, and elsewhere as an antidote, a counterweight to the, uh, uh, to, to, the, to the left. And this has led through a, with, a, with a background of, of failure and abysmal failure of, uh, of nationalism and the, 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 the radical left in the region to these movements becoming the, the, the main forces of opposition, the main expressions of opposition, whether they were uh, repressed or not. We mentioned yesterday also the role of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, of television, or uh, satellite television, which is a major aspect of all these events. Uh, in, in upholding this kind uh, of opposition and which uh, was poised to, to win the first elections, especially that they were uh, uh, organized very quickly, very soon uh, after the, uh, the, 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 the initial uh, change uh, in Tunisia and Egypt. So we had the victories of this movement. And again, the short-sighted view of history that uh, very much prevails in the region uh, saw in that an Islamic winter and Islamic chill, and Islamic whatever. You had all these kinds of formula. Again, this was not understanding that the root cause of the problem is not purely political, is not identity uh, issues or whatever. It is social. And that's where it, these uh, regimes, whether uh, <coughs> the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt or uh, uh, the Nahda in Tunisia, uh, uh, were doomed to fail because they had not the beginning of a clue of a different economic policy to that which was in place. Actually, one of the key members of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt stated very clearly uh, uh, the economic policy of Mubarak was good, except that it was marred by corruption. So it's an ethical problem. We remove corruption, we keep the same economic policy, uh, and everything will be, will be fine. Well, that was absolutely obviously doomed, uh, uh, doomed to fail. Now, uh, <clears throat> very quickly, because of the, the, the very limited time I still have, the, the key, uh, of course there are key differences, and I think they are obvious to, to, uh, to, to everyone here, uh, between the two countries, if we are sticking to the comparison between Tunisia and Egypt. Uh, uh, one is, of course, there's, uh, I mean, the, the role of the army in Egypt ha has no uh, equivalent at all in Tunisia. Uh, obviously, I mean, Tunisia is one uh, of the, the, the rare non-monarchical countries in the region which escaped the, the, the series of coups. And the army has been traditionally uh, uh, limited in its role uh, in, in country, in, in Tunisia, which has been, I mean, from that angle, a civilian uh, state, civilian power uh, over, uh, over the, the decades. Uh, <coughs> That's, uh, of course, a, a major 
difference. So you have the army as an absolutely uh, key uh, player in, in Egypt. And on the other hand, you have, and this has been very much emphasized, you have the workers' movement, the UGTT, uh, in Tunisia, which has no equivalent in, in Egypt, where the uh, union movement was completely uh, uh, dominated it, uh, by, by the state in the Eastern European or Stalinist style, if you want, inherited from the time of Nasser when the, the unions uh, got under uh, state control. And uh, uh, although you had, as I mentioned, uh, a huge workers' movement uh, unfolding since 2004, 2005, these were essentially wildcat uh, strikes, uh, not uh, uh, um, uh, organized by, by any structure organization. And they led to the beginning of the formation of an independent union movement, which was very embryonic uh, uh, before 2011, and which in 2011 formed very quickly into uh, two organizations, one of them the Egyptian Federation of Independent Trade Unions, which in a matter of a few weeks uh, had uh, I mean, uh, over one million uh, adherents. Uh, so, but nevertheless, nothing comparable to the, 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 the absolutely central role of, uh, of, uh, of the UGTT in, uh, in, uh, in Tunisia. Uh, the, as for, I mean, I think this sets, the, the, this difference sets also the, uh, uh, the different pattern of, uh, of, uh, of recent evolution. Uh, also the example set by, or the counter example set by, by the, the coup, the new coup in Egypt has certainly been a deterrent uh, for Nahda, uh, which for long was very stubborn in, uh, in facing the opposition but had uh, to, uh, uh, I mean, to take into consideration the change of the, in the regional uh, balance of forces opened by the Egyptian coup and therefore get to a more uh, pragmatic and uh, accommodating uh, position. Uh, <clears throat> just a final word just to say that I think that uh, this uh, difference and the role of the UGTT provides Tunisia with the, the, the best conditions in the region uh, for what is, in my view, I mean, the, the, uh, the prerequisite for any positive outcome of this long-term revolutionary process that started in 2011. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it can lead to, to, uh, to disastrous outcomes, uh, like any revolutionary process. If it fails, it, it can lead to, 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 to uh, disastrous outcomes. But uh, there is still hope in the sense that I think we are still at the beginning, at the very beginning of all that. And the key, the key condition, the key prerequisite is the possibility of the emergence of a third force embodying the aspirations, the democratic social aspirations of the uprising, which are a force which would be at equal distance from the two uh, 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 other forces that emerged, the Ancien Regime and the uh, Islamic fundamentalist movements. I think that Tunisia is by far in the best position for that due to the importance of the workers' movement. The rest is a matter of strategy. It's very much a matter of agency and in the very direct sense of, of the political behavior of this agency. Thank you very much.